welcome back to Chaotic Energy. I am your co-host, Maddie. And I'm your co-host, Sierra. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking about Gary Chapman's The Five Love Languages, The Secret to Love That Lasts. Mm. Now, Sierra and I are both in relationships. Sierra is married. I am not. (laughs) But, you know, we're going to figure it out. We are going to figure out how to make these relationships last forever because we're only in our 20s and we've got, like... A long time yep. before we die mm-hmm. and we're gonna be spending a lot of time with these people before we die so we might as well learn how to love them properly exactly or at least learn how to love ourselves maybe yeah i don't really know yeah however this episode is pretty exciting mm-hmm. this is the first episode that sierra and i are actually recording in person like together we have not been able to do this in like what two months since yeah. we've seen each other basically yes yeah. um <laughs> Sierra and I live an hour away from each other, and so most of our stuff is through a lot of FaceTimes, Mm -hmm. but I am in her town, I am in her room, I am talking on her microphone, in person, there's pictures to prove it, because at least for once I finally took a picture (laughs) of an event. I can't tell you how many times I just forget how to do stuff, but I'm supposed to be a social media influencer. Yeah, you're the one that has the entire account and everything, and I'm like, Maddie, we need pictures, Maddie, we need this. Ah, yes. (laughs) Unfortunately, um, though, we just, you know, we just get lazy. It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's All right. You want to get into highs and lows? Yeah. It was a, it's a long week. This weather has been all over the place, it, and I'm ready for the snow to be done. Mm-hmm. Next week is supposed to be a lot better, which I'm happy about because spring is coming. I saw birds yesterday, and now they're gone, and I'm sad. The only word I, or the only month I care about is May at this point. Once we get to May, then I'll be okay again. May but will be this good. Seasonal depression has been very real. Mm-hmm. And we are currently recording this as fast as we can so that I can get out of here before the big snowstorm hits. Yep. <laughs> Another snowstorm. Which we, do we even know how bad this one's gonna be? No idea. No idea whatsoever. I just hope it shuts down work tomorrow. <laughs> I don't want to have to go. And because it's going to be a later snowstorm, I'm hoping it just goes all night. Oh, that's true. That IDOT and MoDOT can't figure their stuff out. Yep. There's no salt. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. They also don't even know what happens tomorrow, but, like, it's 80% chance of snow, too. Yeah. I, I heard somewhere be, like, three to seven inches. Really? That's what I heard. Again. So, we'll see. Oh, I can't. All right. Highs or lows? Okay. Uh, my high is that I finally finished Euphoria, but I did it all in one day by <laughs> your recommendation, but also because I get to see you, because, like... And it was so good. I'd love to talk about it more <laughs> on here, but I'm going to wait till everything comes out, so yes. that we're not the spoiler account, because right. I see those people, but I am I'm very excited. I'm excited. I have to still watch this last week's episode and the final episode, mm-hmm. and then all caught up, and I'm very, very, very excited. Which, by the time this gets released... It'll all be done with season two. Yeah, we'll probably have a Euphoria yeah. episode coming out by that time. Yeah. So, because we are basically pre-recording, like, our first five episodes mm-hmm. and then releasing them. Like, to you guys, it'll just be every week. Yeah. You guys won't know. But we've been filming these since, like, January. Mm-hmm. And we'll probably finally be actually releasing these in, like, end of March. Yeah. We've been putting in the work for you guys. But by the time we do finally actually get caught up, we'll be all good. We'll be <laughs> fine. There's no worries. But pre-recording is better for people like Sierra and I yep. because... There are definitely times where we go three, four weeks without even talking to each other because mm-hmm. life just gets busy. So, yep. my hi is that we get to do this in person for the first time. <laughs> I'm so it's happy. it's my first time seeing you in seriously, like, months. I know. I know. Like, the last time was basically wedding focused, and now I get to actually see you and focus yes. on something for us. Yes. yes. And, like, yes. it's great. 
Next time, however, will definitely be a wedding, because, like, yes. we need to get some shit done. If there wasn't a massive snowstorm coming this way, I would be helping with wedding stuff, unfortunately. But it's fine. We have a couple of months. dying is priority. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because, uh, you're supposed to live another two years before I kick your ass, so. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long-standing running joke. <laughs> We're serious. <laughs> All right, what was your low this week? Um, so, like I said on last week's episode, uh, John and I have been looking at houses mm-hmm. and at dogs mm-hmm. for our future, because we are going to be moving hopefully soon, <sighs> and also hopefully getting another dog for our dog. Um, we found one that we really liked. He was kind of perfect, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, he did get adopted, so I'm so pretty precious. upset about that. But we're going to keep looking, we're going to find the perfect boy. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys have shelter recommendations or whatever, have friends who know a person, feel free to send me a message. Mm-hmm. And just let me know. I, uh, I'm just looking for a good boy. Yeah. Uh, you know, as long as it's, like, over the age of six months and house-trained, that's all we really care about. Mm-hmm. They just gotta get along with Scrappy, um, and she's mean. <laughs> kind of like me. So, uh... You're an acquired matter. taste. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that. I am a I am an acquired taste. It does take a little bit. It's, I feel like I'm becoming a popular girl at work, and everyone's my friend now. And it's I very, know. It's look at cute, you. But I'm also like very much like a mm, why? <laughs> Get away There's from me. There's one girl. She's, she's very sweet. I like her a lot. I probably will start hanging out with her soon. But she has gone out of her way a couple times oh. to like to try and be my friend. Like yeah. to like seek me out like at work and I've had a couple other people who do this too and we hang out now mm-hmm. but like she'll like walk up to me and she'll ask me questions and she'll mm-hmm. like specifically be like does anyone know where Maddie is so that I can ask her about blah 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 Aww. and they're like oh yeah you know she's always in the vault uh-huh you want to know she's at she's in the vault <laughs> and so she'll come in and like there was one she asked me a question about like the cleaning list and she was like so if your name's on that like what does that actually entail and I was mm-hmm. like it's a cleaning list I was like so I'm gonna have to explain to a 25 year old what a cleaning list is um, and she's like, do I use, I'm like, you sanitize everything, grab the wipes, wipe everything down, it's all good. She's like, okay. And I was like, do you have any questions? Like, please feel free to come find me. Like, I'll answer all the questions. You're like, like the like, natural mother figure, too, because, like, everyone goes to you. Always. Yeah. And I feel like it's always been how which is crazy, because, like, I'm not the mom. Right. I am, I'm, I'm not a mom. Uh-huh. I have no intentions of really being a mom, but I've always been the mom friend in the group, which has always been, like, the thing, like... I don't know if I just come off more mature and responsible mm-hmm. or if I just come off as someone who's not going to fly off the handle mm-hmm. or whatever it is. But I feel like nine times out of ten when people are like, we need to solve a problem. Let's call Maddie. Mm-hmm. Let's let's see what Maddie has to say about the situation <laughs> before we continue any further. And it's just like, a, how did I become the, the wife of the household in everyone's household? Right. Like, <laughs> I don't want to be the decision maker in my own household, let alone anyone else's. <sighs> but you must. But I must. Mm. The problem with being the brave one is... You always become the main character. That's true. <laughs> All right. My low is that, like, <laughs> I wasn't, like, sick sick, but, like, you know how I get during that time. So, oh, like, yeah. I was bedridden practically, like, could only go from here to the bathroom, bathroom to here. And so that was, like, the low, but the high equivalent was watching Euphoria straight yeah. and really diving in. I literally got so, like, heavy with it that Brett was like, you need to watch a Disney movie to kind of reevaluate yourself right now. I like, will like, save our Euphoria talks. I know. For another episode. I know. It's just so good. Today's right. episode is all about Mr. Gary Chapman and, and his love. Book. 
Love. I do typically have a rule. I try not to read dating or relationship books that are written by men. But um, this one. This one is different. Um, yeah. I was actually given this book by my siblings who was given it by, like, my mom. Mm-hmm. She read this and... I don't know what she got out of it, but I think my brothers got a lot out of it, or at least got an understanding out of it, so mm-hmm. I think they do pretty well, and I think I got a pretty good understanding of it. Mm-hmm. I uh, made Sierra read it. Yes, I had to order it off Amazon because my local bookstore did not have it in the section. And I hope you've heard that. She tried the local bookstore first before going to Amazon. Yes, I tried to spend my money at we another store. love our local bookstores. Yes. Sometimes they don't work out for no, us. they do so. Before you go on calling us Jeffrey Bezos sluts, we are not. I am a Jeffrey Bezos slut. (laughs) I am totally a Jeffrey Bezos slut. I'm totally a slut. So, we keep getting distracted. (sighs) All right. When we're actually in person, we just talk so much that we don't even talk about it. I mean, literally, because (laughs) even before recording, when we're not in person, we go through about 10 minutes of just pure nonsense. 10 minutes is cute. (laughs) 10 minutes is such a cute number. Um, Multiply that by like six or seven. These recording like sessions go on. Talking, and then we're like, oh my god, we should have been recording like 25 minutes ago. And then we're like, okay, let's start. And then we get to hit the record button and yep. we go, I'm too anxious to talk. I know, I know. And then we'll start another conversation and I'll be looking at my bookshelf and I'm like, Maddie, we should uh, we should do this one. Or, What's the author's name? Let me Google it real fast. But back on track. Okay, five love languages. Okay. Let me get back to my actual, my other notebook. Yeah, alright. Okay, so... Gary Chapman's The Five Love Languages. I'm going to kind of read the basics of what each one is. So mm-hmm. there's words of affirmation, which is basically saying nice things. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily just saying nice things, but saying the things that make your partner feel good. Yeah. Um, then there is acts of service, mm-hmm. which is doing things like filling up their car, getting groceries, whatever the small mundane things are. Mm-hmm. That's acts of service. There is receiving gifts. That is a big one that we're going to be talking about because that is one of our love languages. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is quality time, which we're also going to get into that one. Yes. I feel like people get pretty confused mm-hmm. with quality time and what that actually means. Um, and then physical touch, mm-hmm. which definitely explains itself. Yes. And physical touch, I believe, is the most common love language, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Which, ironically, as a very, like, touchy person, that was the last on my list. Oh, that was my last two. Yeah. Um, so, let's see. My five though in order go receiving gifts so that's me I'm the gift giving person then it goes quality time for me Mm -hmm. then acts of service then words of affirmation and then physical touch I have two points for physical touch really two points I had three and I believe my two if I remember correctly were like very odd ones like I, they were the ones that were like you had to pick that one that i agreed with that like from the first time i took the quiz because i took the quiz about three years ago my numbers had changed yeah but they're the only two physical touch ones that i still agreed with when i retook the quiz mm. um which is interesting because i believe it was let's see if i can find them um which that's not even true so, I'm not even, I'm so lying to myself when I do this. You might have to retake it again. <laughs> Maybe, because I think those two are going to put me in a whole other bracket altogether. Oh, no. But it's fine. All it's right. fine. We're good. It doesn't change my top two ever. So, yeah. So, hmm. And then what's boyfriend's? Uh, boyfriend's top three. I don't know his all five in the order. But his top one is physical touch. Mm-hmm. And then acts of service and words of affirmation mm-hmm. are his other two. All right. 
Good. So what about you? What are your tops? So my tops, um, I actually had to switch them because learning what quality time actually meant, I was like, that is not what I consider quality time. So I'm going to switch those and do words of affirmation first, acts of service second, quality time third, receiving gifts fourth, and then fifth is physical touch. Yeah. But husbands top five are acts of service one two quality time three physical touch four receiving gifts and five words of affirmation interesting which is very surprising because like while i'm the one that runs over to hug him he'll have his moments of like extreme intimacy and touching and i'll be like get the fuck off yeah so like it makes sense that it's my last but i never would have thought it would be his like third yeah well and typically with guys uh, words of affirmation and physical touch are typically a guy's, like, mm-hmm. first two. Um, that's usually kind of, like, how moms treat their sons. Mm-hmm. Um, and guys who have different love languages either have, like, a, not a, a bad relationship with their mom, mm-hmm. they just have a different one. Right. Or they have learned more about themselves as a person mm-hmm. and have, like, allowed their personality to grow mm-hmm. outside of their mother's love. And I feel like knowing him, just I may be biased, but, like, he is very self-aware about his actions, about his thoughts, and I think that's why he's so, like, that type of person to really analyze himself. Yeah. And I think that's why his are so different from the normal bracket of what men, like, right. test I'm, out uh, as. I'm still dating a squishmallow, so... <laughs> <laughs> In the best way possible. Yeah. But, uh, yeah... Um, so, I guess I can get into mine. I'm going to have a lot to say, so maybe we should actually... Well, let's get into quality time okay. first. Let's yeah. talk about quality time. Because that one, for both of us, was very, like, just... Um, so I... For me, I feel like I fit into the quality time of what the book actually says. Yeah. Versus, um... Me, who it completely is opposite. And a lot of times, like, what people think quality time is, which a lot of people do believe that quality time is sitting in a room mm-hmm. next to each other not talking or maybe sitting in a room doing an activity together but Mm -hmm. like the big thing about quality time is that you're communicating yeah and with quality time that means you are having a moment of communication Mm -hmm. and not that these other languages don't involve communication because they all do yeah that's relationships in general just require communication Mm -hmm. quality time is one of those things that even if you are doing a hobby you should be speaking to each other during that hobby so like if boyfriend and I are playing a video game together, mm-hmm. and we both have our headphones on, we're both listening to separate music, but we're playing the same game, mm-hmm. we're not really hanging out together. Yeah. I could do that in any room of the house. Mm-hmm. I could do that in any room of the world. Right. Being in the same room with him doesn't automatically make it quality time, mm-hmm. because there's there's nothing quality about the time we're spending together. And yeah. that's kind of the way you have to frame it whenever you're looking into those languages, is mm-hmm. that... What is, what of the time we spent together was quality. Mm-hmm. And that, too, kind of comes down to your definition of quality. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, talking. Like, when we're playing a video game together and I ask a question mm-hmm. about the game, I do expect my partner to turn around and help me with the part that I'm struggling with yeah. or to say something or to do whatever. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he does that, and sometimes he just goes, can't you just look it up? Mm-hmm. And I'm like... No, because I took, I'm partaking in your interest. Mm-hmm. I'm playing your video game. Yeah. You can turn around and you can give me the quality time that I deserve while mm-hmm. I am piquing your interest. I am, you know, yeah. doing something that you love. Therefore, you should be able, while I'm doing the thing you love, mm-hmm. be able to be loving back. And it's a special moment because, like, if he's helping you and teaching you, it's something that, like, it's a bonding moment, exactly, too. Because you're like. is what makes it quality. Yeah. It's, you know, when we're just hanging out, that's quantity time. Mm-hmm. That's just hours spent. Yeah. 
those hours spent can do anything. Mm-hmm. I can work. I can clean. I can cook. I'm choosing to spend time with you, mm-hmm. and I would like you as my partner to also choose to spend time with me and not just yeah. sit in a room with me. Yeah. And so for quality time, like, that's kind of one that I think people really struggle with understanding mm-hmm. is that they think it's just, oh, well, we spent time together. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, if you and I go to a restaurant and you spend the entire time eating looking at your phone... Mm-hmm. Can you recall any of that evening back to me when we yeah. go home later that night? Mm-hmm. No, because you spent the entire time looking at your phone mm-hmm. and not paying quality attention and quality time with the person you're with. Yeah. You're spending time with somebody else. Mm-hmm. You're giving your energy, your effort mm-hmm. to someone and something else. Therefore, it's not quality because you're. it's about attention mm-hmm. mostly and just being fully focused on that person mm-hmm. and giving that person it doesn't have to be for hours on end yeah but giving someone five minutes of undivided attention mm-hmm. is probably one of the most romantic things that anyone can do for anybody mm-hmm. like you know people just want to know that they are loved for one seen and seen yeah and heard and that the person that they're with recognizes those things mm-hmm. and that they're not just assuming okay well now that we're dating i don't have to do anything anymore because right. i got the person Getting the person isn't the goal. Mm-hmm. It's being with the person. You should always want to continue that dating mindset yes. because, like, I mean, if you, it even said that in the book that if you look at couples in a restaurant, you can tell who's dating and who's married. Yeah. And I don't want to be that married couple. I want to be a couple that's like, oh, they look like they're, like, freshly dating or, you know, communicating. And I get to the honeymoon phase, but you can also choose the honeymoon phase. Yeah. You could choose to stop loving your partner Mm -hmm. as much as you loved them the first two weeks that you were together. Like, that is a choice that you are making Mm -hmm. as a person. Yeah. Um, When you choose to stop making those efforts that got that person, the person's going to see it. Mm -hmm. Like, they're going to recognize, like, hey, why doesn't he... Like, we used to go to dinner every Friday night, and Mm -hmm. then we haven't been to dinner in six months. Why? And it's like, well, because he got you. Mm -hmm. Those, you know, you guys did dinners every single night, and he made you fall in love with him, and then you're like, cool, she's here, she's not going anywhere, I have her chained by emotion, Mm -hmm. and then it's over. And a lot of times that happens, and guys and girls both do this. It isn't just specific to one gender or Mm -hmm. one type of relationship. This kind of happens with everyone is that you work so hard to get the person Mm -hmm. that you don't work as hard to keep the person and keeping the person is 10 times more important than getting them the Mm -hmm. chase doesn't matter if you're attracted to to each other and you have mutual interest Mm -hmm. you're going to work out yeah at least for a little while most people have three to six month relationships that's very common Mm -hmm. you could probably name a hundred people that you've dated like actually dated for like two months Mm -hmm. or for two weeks or whatever it was but a lot of people just constantly chase that spark right and chase that that feeling in the beginning of the relationship, mm-hmm. the honeymoon phase, but then once they get through that, they're like, okay, cool, I have the person now, and it's like, mm-hmm. well, I want to keep the honeymoon phase, but, like, I don't want to keep putting in all the effort that yeah. it took for me to, like, have those feelings, mm-hmm. and it is work, and that's what it means when they say that relationships are work, is keeping that spark, mm-hmm. keeping that honeymoon phase going is work, because you have to keep doing the things that you were doing mm-hmm. to get the person to like you in the first place. Yep. A lot of women fall out of love with their husbands, mm-hmm. because they just don't do anything. You know, you see the articles like, she left me because I left a fork in the sink, or mm-hmm. like, whatever, and it's not because of the little thing, it's all the big things. Yeah, it all, it all added up. Stopped doing yeah when you stop caring about your partner mm-hmm. it shows mm-hmm. and those actions mean something mm-hmm. and yeah so yeah ranting about quality time. <laughs> see my definition was a little different than the book so like our version of quality time is that like I'll either be on the switch and he'll be on his game but he'll ask me questions and bring up conversation while we're both playing separate things so yeah. like 
he'll bring up like, oh, who do you think will win in a fight? Zeus or Thor? Like, and just bring up different freaking like counteracting questions or he'll bring up different theories and we'll talk about it. And then some of the times, if I need to separate myself, I'll go in the bedroom, he'll be out there. But after every game or after every, like, so many moments, he will come in the room, give me a kiss, hug me, cuddle me, be like, do you need anything, water or anything? And I'm like, no. And then he'll go back out and be like, all right. So, like, our quality time is different, which I love the whole, like, putting focus on attention, like, hobbies and everything. And we do do that. And, like, when we go out to dinner, we never are on our phones. We always talk to each other, even if it's, like, silent for a couple of minutes we're still communicating in some version. So, like, I think that's why I was so confused with the quality time definition of the book because it was like, oh, you're interested in, like, the hobby or something. I'm like, no, sometimes when we watch movies, instead of a two-hour movie, we're spending three hours because he keeps pausing the damn thing to talk about something or I'll pause it and talk about something. And Brett's favorite saying when it comes to, like, our relationship and about love in general is that... While love is super important, he thinks the definition of love is not being with someone, communicating and all that. He thinks it's important, but his definition is love is putting up with someone else's crazy. It's literally being there for someone else's crazy and you're accepting that crazy and saying, okay, I'm going to stay with you. It's a, it is, it's a matter of, it's a matter of loving flaws. Yeah. Um, and I think that is where a lot of people struggle is that, you know, they want the perfect person Mm -hmm. and um, guys, hate to burst your bubble, but there is no perfect person. No. There is, yeah. there is no one who is going to have all the qualities that you love. Mm-hmm. There is not going to be a person that exists that is going to map out every single detail that you want from a person mm-hmm. because those are your wants. Yeah. That's not, that's not human. And that, that kind of sucks and it's a kind of shitty way to look at it, but mm-hmm. like, it's true. Like, it's about compromise. It's about taking that commitment exactly. and literally switching a point of view that you ha- were so set on. But if you are willing to literally downgrade it or switch it to something else that makes the other person like feel more connected to you, that's literally what you yep. need to do in a relationship. It's not all about one-sidedness. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of times, too, like, I always say, like, your perspective is not the perspective. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I always, like, try, like, to tell people, like, when they're going off about something or they're mad about a person doing whatever, I'm like, okay, that, that's fine, but, like, that is just your side of the story. Mm-hmm. And I understand, like, your side of the story is very important. Your mm-hmm. truth is your truth, and that's never going to change. However, if you are too stubborn to be able to look at another side of the story, mm-hmm. to look at it from a different point of view, to do any of that, if you are just hell-bent on being right, mm-hmm. being who you are, being your point of view, you're never going to be able to find that perfect person because you're always going to say, mm-hmm. oh, well, they had one bad day and they freaked out on me, so she must be crazy. And it's like, yeah. or maybe she just had a really bad day and she could mm-hmm. really use you to be a partner and be a person who sits there. Yep. <laughs> see her fault. <laughs> see her fault. <laughs> Sorry, your cat <laughs> got me distracted. But, um, you know, a lot of times, like, people say that and they go, oh, well, they have this flaw or, oh, there's, like, this one thing wrong with them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, did you tell them that yeah. you didn't like that thing about them? Did you tell them that it was a flaw? Like, what did you do about it? I'm like, oh, nothing. I just broke up with them. And it's like, so you didn't even give them the chance mm-hmm. to learn and be a better person. You just kind of went, ah, they suck. Yeah. Shrugged your shoulders and moved on. And like, and they could have been so amazing. People, right. And they- some people now just use that excuse of, I suck and I have no intention of being better. Mm-hmm. And I hear that very often, especially people our age, where they're just like, well, I suck. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And it's like, okay. But, like, do you want to always suck? Like, yeah. do you want to always be bad? Like, do you want to always 
have people who don't really want to hang out with you and mm-hmm. don't want to be around you because you're kind of a miserable person to be around. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, cool, you suck. Thank you for admitting that. Now what? Yeah. And it's like, and every time when they're just like, oh, I suck. And it's like, great, you've said that the last ten times you've fucked up. Mm-hmm. Now what? Like, when are you going to finally say, I suck and here's what I'm going to do about it to be a better person? Right, you need to do something. Like, I know people are like, oh, I shouldn't have to change myself for anyone. I shouldn't have to change. No, you don't have to change the fundamentals of your values, but you can change your mindset and look at another person's perspective and be like, that makes sense. Change the way that you handle situations, and that's also okay. Like, change is inevitable. Mm -hmm. Everyone is going to change. Like, that is just what happens. We change when we grow. We Mm -hmm. change when we age. You are not going to be a hot 21-year-old your whole life. You are going to get older. You are going to change. And if you allow the world around you to change you and to make you a better person, Mm -hmm. you're going to find that things in life really do actually work out for you. Mm -hmm. Like, so it's, uh, we can get into the whole universal talks and get all the (laughs) spirituality stuff eventually. I probably will end up getting on another podcast to talk a lot about it, but, like, the universe hears you. And Mm -hmm. the universe makes whatever assumptions it's doing based off whatever you're saying Mm -hmm. so when you're sitting there giving attention to the things in your life that suck and the things in your life that make you miserable Mm -hmm. the universe goes okay that's what you're focusing on so you want to be miserable i'm going to keep making you miserable until you make the decision to change Mm -hmm. and not be miserable but that's you know each person i'm totally in that whole like manifestation thing like you manifest what you want whether it be good or bad like i even did it yesterday on the whole like the biggest day of the century where everyone's like, it's two, 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 and Tuesday, da, 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 da. All Tuesday. All Tuesdays is the best day to <laughs> work with intention. But, like, it's just the kind of mindset, like, yeah, when I was younger, I would have never thought to, but, like, I've noticed if I say something and put it in, t- in like, an intuition feeling, something happens. And I've even noticed, like, we're getting so off topic, we'll get back to the love languages in a second, I promise. Um... But I've noticed that, like, even, like, looking back in my life, like, moments where I was, like, God, I was so miserable. And then I was, like, oh, my God, I was making myself miserable. Mm-hmm. I I was doing that. Like, yes, my ex-boyfriend sucked. Yes, my ex-boyfriend abused me. But I continued to let it happen for seven years. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, I, I stayed. I At any point in time, I could have left. Yeah. What was he really going to do? Put his, like, put his hands on me? Okay, he already did that. Yeah. Like, try and kill me I could have had him arrested like Mm -hmm. I don't know why I was so scared to walk away from him other than the fact that I genuinely just hated myself so much and Mm -hmm. the universe is like okay you hate yourself yeah then I'm gonna show you just how much you hate yourself and Mm -hmm. that's kind of the thing is that the universe isn't isn't against you at any point in time it is 100% supporting you and it's basically like okay you want to be a piece of shit then we are gonna make you the world's biggest piece of shit on the planet yeah and if you say and go actually I don't want to be a piece of shit I want to be a good person who pursues these things the universe is like okay then I'm going to fully back you. <laughs> These are the things, like, you know, the universe kind of is, is always your cheerleader. Mm-hmm. It's just on how you interpret your life and the way that you go about it. Yeah. If you think life sucks, the universe is going to continue to give you a sucky life. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going <sighs> to get off the universe topics. We're going to come back to that another time. I don't even know how we got on that. All right. <sighs> okay. So, okay. So, I just did my quality time. Yeah. So, why don't you go ahead and do one of yours? whether it's your first your second whichever one you want to talk about I think it was words of affirmation so like actually no I'll do acts of service because that's something that reminds me so on valentine's day we did not do the typical like go out to dinner flowers gifts because like we're focusing on a lot of our money stuff to go elsewhere this year but the fact was is that that day he knew I was going to be so stressed out because I not only had to work the sub job I also had to work at the restaurant literally two hours later after I got off right so I was working a double essentially and that morning 
He woke up at 6 a.m., made sure my car started, went to go fill up my entire tank, came back, and I I can't remember if he got me breakfast or if he got me breakfast the next day, but still. He, like, he did that, and it was, like, two major but also small things that completely helped me and with my day and that was my happy valentines you know what so i mean beautiful. i'm not even gonna lie i i just got a massive pang of jealousy <laughs> and it has nothing to do with you i am so happy for you like it's got nothing to do with, like oh fuck sierra it's not that like hearing that like and, and knowing that there are people out there who are willing to do those things mm-hmm. like that gives me a pang of jealousy because like i am i am not with a partner who's going to do that and that's fine like yeah. he's got his own things that he does and he provides Mm -hmm. in his own way and that's totally fine um you know just for me personally like it's just not the way that I receive love and so it's hard for us we don't necessarily always agree on that and so like hearing that like it's so beautiful that's so nice and like access service I think is a really and I think it's my second no it's my third one Mm -hmm. but like access service is really really nice and it is Mm -hmm. one of those things where it's just like yeah it's a relief thing it is because I can count on him to know that like if I'm not feeling well or if I'm working the whole week or even for three days a week whatever I'm doing if there's laundry that needs to be done he automatically does it or if he's at work at night I'll put the dishes away and put them in the dishwasher and they're done and they're clean and the whole house is done by the time he gets home you know so it's like it's a very like good balance and I'm very appreciative that I did find someone that did it and I think, too, and especially when someone recognizes yeah. that your love language is acts of service, um, it's huge. But, like, a part of that, too, is, like, how you're, how you're raised, mm-hmm. how you grow up, what, because, um, like, that, just the way you love is kind of comes from your home, and then mm-hmm. you kind of, once you grow up, choose the different ways to love. But, like, yeah. acts of service is one, especially, like, the kids who always had to do chores mm-hmm. and who always had to do, like, all the things, like, those are the ones that are less likely to go and do things for their partners. Yeah. Because, like, and not... I guess everyone had to do chores. Like, pretty much all kids had to do chores. But the kids who, like, their parents used chores as a punishment or mm-hmm. kind of, like, I'm mad at you, go clean your room. Yeah. Or, like, kind of did whatever. Like, that act of service became a punishment rather mm-hmm. than a love language. And so for them, like, for my partner especially, he's one that, you know, he sees cleaning as a punishment. Mm-hmm. He sees, like, and whatever. And so, like, for him to, like, do the dishes, like, mm-hmm. that's just another chore. That's just a eye oh, roll. A, yeah. I don't care that you make dinner. I don't care that you went grocery shopping. I don't care that you clean the house. Mm-hmm. <sighs> now I have to do the dishes. And I'd rather yeah. do something else. And it's, like, great. But mm-hmm. it would really help me out if you could do that. And mm-hmm. so, like, you know, I think where people come from really helps with that a lot, too. And with mm-hmm. your love languages in general, I think that's kind of what. Oh, yeah. Because that was, that was an issue, actually, when we first got into our relationship and first moved in with each other is because, like, when I grew up, I was the only child, but I cleaned the house while she was working. Yeah. You know, I literally dusted, swept, vacuumed, whatever day she designated on, and if I didn't do it, I'd get in trouble. Yeah. But I remember doing a lot of the chores. And so when we moved in together, I was just like, fuck it. <laughs> you do it. You cook for me. You do this. And it was a very unhealthy balance the first like first six to eight months that we moved in together because I was yeah. so reliant on him and I was so like I don't fucking want to do it you know I'm yeah. not doing this you know it's your house you pay for it you do it type of mindset and I had to really have him sit down and talk to me about it and I was like oh shit I really need to step up and do more like I felt bad and it kind of yeah. clicked in that realization of like yeah I don't have to feel obligated to do everything because I was so used to doing everything, so I thought automatically, oh, if you're going to clean the house, I have to, like, do everything around here for you, and I didn't want that. So 
when we actually communicated and talked it out, we had that balance where it was like, we don't have designated things. Like, yeah, he this designated for litter duty because I won't fucking touch it. <laughs> but we Calendar's just... Calendar's not even bad. Calendar's like the easiest thing to do. I just, they, they always have this little tiny fucking routine where when we're about to clean it, well, not we, him, sorry, when he cleans it, Cleo or Aries will literally go in and just do the business, but it, it's fresh, and you smell it, and you're gagging, and I refuse. You're so funny. <laughs> but no, I mean, we just, we don't have designated things, which made it really helpful that we don't, like, automatically are set in a certain way. But I did need to have that talk with him and that realization because it and was... And that was, you guys, communicating. Yeah, communication kind of was what huge. What it comes down to is, with all of these, it comes down to communicating and you having to tell your partner how it's going to work for mm-hmm. you and your partner also has to tell you how it's going to work for them and yeah. finding that middle ground. And when you can't, a lot of times you just have two people who feel very unloved mm-hmm. by people who probably love them very much. They just don't know how... To else to express it yeah other than the way that they were taught love and so they just reciprocate that but if that doesn't work for you mm-hmm. that reciprocation is not going to do anything you know like for someone who doesn't appreciate acts of service you could have a partner that spends all day cleaning the house mm-hmm. and the, part- the other partner comes home and they're like cool my house is clean and yeah. they don't hug the partner they don't kiss the partner they don't thank them they don't do anything they just kind of move on with their day like mm-hmm. the partner's gonna go why the fuck did i just spend eight hours cleaning yeah. this entire house like scrubbing the toilets getting every stain out of everything in this house Mm -hmm. just for you to ignore me like that you know and so you have to be able to communicate those things with your partner Mm -hmm. and and do it in a way that explains and if they tell you hey I can't provide that for you hey I can't do that for you believe Mm -hmm. them when they're telling you that they can't do something for you believe them and those are moments that you have to walk away no matter how painful or hurtful it is in the moment it's going to be better for you in the long run because Mm -hmm. if you go hey I need you to do the laundry to show that you love me. Like, mm-hmm. That kind of sounds weird, but, like, whatever. Like, you do the laundry, it's going to show me that you love me. Yeah. And then they're like, no, mm-hmm. I am a child, and I don't know how to do laundry. You're going to have to do all the laundry. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, I guess I'll stay, and mm-hmm. maybe in, like, three months we can have this conversation again. Maybe he'd be willing to do it. And then, like, yeah. you're just – that way you're manipulating yourself. And, and you're prolonging something that's, like – you're decreasing your own happiness yeah. knowing... And you're avoiding the inevitable. Yeah. At the end of the day, you guys are not going to work out. And you know that deep down. Mm-hmm. They know that deep down. And that fear of being lonely is valid. Mm-hmm. But there's more risk and more harm in mm-hmm. being with someone that isn't going to love you the way that you deserve. Because you do deserve that love. And you mm-hmm. deserve... To be loved in the best way possible. Everyone deserves that. Yeah. And, you know, if you notice that you are a partner who is providing the love that they deserve and you recognize that their love language is whatever and you're doing those things and they feel good but they're not reciprocating that, Mm -hmm. that is also a problem. Mm -hmm. Because you're not getting what you need out of the relationship. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of these love books, which is what I talk about, I don't usually do books written by men because a lot of times they do say, like, hey, ladies love the man more than anything in the world Mm -hmm. and then you've got him but none of those books ever go back and say hey guys Mm -hmm. you also have to love your partners back yeah hey guys you also have to feed back into that well Mm -hmm. you know like a lot of times women become ponds for rivers Mm -hmm. and there's nothing refilling that pond and so 
a lot of times that's why women do end up cheating mm-hmm. or leaving or doing whatever because they're just trying to find anything to quickly refill that well because they all of a sudden realize mm-hmm. that they are empty. They fed everything into a person who isn't feeding them back. Right. And I think that and, was one of the main points of the book is that, like, you don't have to have someone that has the exact same love languages as yes. you because that also can combat against you. Yeah. But if you find someone that has different love languages learn about them yes. and you will be able to compromise and have a good relationship and finding a way that those work for your specific person yeah because like even like Sierra and I just said like we have very different definitions of quality time mm-hmm. and like how we view what quality time means for us individually and for people and so like you know you have to be able to communicate and understand those things and mm-hmm. if you don't then you're going to always have those issues. They're never going to go away until you decide to talk about them. Mm -hmm. If you find a partner that is willing to work with your love languages and is is willing to literally tell you what they mean to them, then that's good. But if you find a partner that just does not recognize what they want nor what you want and does not, like, have that type of balance then yeah, you probably need to sit down and really think to yourself, is this the relationship I want to be one-sided or should I move on to something that like might bring more happiness in my life? Right, exactly. And you know, not every relationship ending is a loss. Mm -hmm. A lot of times ending a relationship can be a very good thing. It can be a good thing for both people. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times breakups cause successes in careers. It causes success in life. Yep. Um, people find that they thrive in a much different situation, that maybe they moved in with a boyfriend to his city and realize that that city was never going to be good for them and they Mm -hmm. move out and all of a sudden they're doing better and they find someone better. And it's not about the other person being bad. Mm -hmm. It's just that they're not good for you. Yeah. And that's kind of how you have to look at it too. And there are some exes that are truly horrible and deserve the hellfire that they're going to burn in. Mm -hmm. Uh, My ex is one of them. (laughs) But there are people that, like, I don't really wish ill on a lot of people, mm-hmm. except for him. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> but like, I get like, it, yeah. You know, so, like, you know, ending because of, like, and, you know, when it comes to breakups, the whys never actually matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that a lot of times people want closure and they want justification and they want the whys, but the result is always going to be the same. Mm-hmm. The relationship is ended. And the why is just not really going to matter. Yeah. Whether it's because you didn't brush your teeth in the mornings or because you didn't make your bed or because of the way you tied your shoelaces was weird. Mm -hmm. People are going to break up with you for whatever fucking reason that they want to. Yep. And you just kind of got to get over it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, that's how I was like that is the whys don't matter. But let's (laughs) go. So, the next one we're talking about is my number one love language, which is gift giving. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, this is a pretty hard one because I feel like whenever I hear other podcasters and other YouTubers and whoever else talking about the love languages, they're always like, ugh, gift givers are so materialistic. Gift givers are the worst people on the whole planet. And it's like, I don't even think you're actually reading the chapter to even mm-hmm. understand what's going on because if you did, you would recognize that that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times too, like when people hear like, oh, I have to get them a gift, like in their head, they're already going, okay, it has to be like hundred dollars yeah it has to be like they they're they're the ones putting an x amount on it mm-hmm. even when the partner whose love language is gift giving mm-hmm. isn't there's never a moment where i say you have to buy me presents and they have to be a hundred dollars each mm-hmm. that's not ever what it's been about right and a lot of people forget that mm-hmm. um they always just assume like you know like they even said in the color like if you have money cards are five dollars mm-hmm. if you don't go get a piece of computer paper yeah cut it into the shape of a heart and write i love you and give it to the person mm-hmm. and believe it or not 
I have held on to handwritten notes that mm-hmm. I have gotten from people for years. Oh, yeah. Years. I have a handwritten note that my boyfriend gave me in a frame mm-hmm. in my bedroom. Like, it is a frame picture, like, or it's, like, the frame note, that picture of us next to each other, and, like, mm-hmm. I have, that is, like, the, I'm gonna cry, that is, like, <laughs> the most incredible, like, gift that, like, I've ever gotten with, like, mm-hmm. that note and, like, the frame and everything that went, like, that for me was so big, and, like, I'm a person that I end up spending a lot of time buying stuff for myself just Mm -hmm. because I'm afraid to like ask people for things or whatever because I don't want them to see like yeah oh it's just Maddie she just wants things again and it's not it's not necessarily bad Mm -hmm. there's a lot more to it than that but like you know they even say like gift giving is like the first language that kids learn is Mm -hmm. love because they're expected to give their parents gifts like you know we we make handmade crafts for our parents literally all of the art classes are directed to making gifts what are you making for your mom and dad today what are you giving like what are you gonna give your mom for this what are you gonna do for like so like Mm -hmm. you spend your whole childhood making gifts for the people you love and then you know you go to sleepovers and you buy gifts for your friends and like Mm -hmm. maybe that's more of a girl thing maybe guys don't do that but i uh I always found, like, gift giving, and for me, like, the most special gifts are the ones that I know that someone was, like, hey, I went out of my way, mm-hmm. and, like, I, I went to this place, and I saw this thing, and the only person in the world that I could possibly think of having this thing is you, mm-hmm. and to me, like, <sighs> and it's nice, that is, like, that is the most beautiful thing to me, like, that is so yeah. romantic and loving, and, like, for someone to go, like, on a trip and go give me a stupid keychain. I don't mm-hmm. care what the thing is. Like, that's the whole thing is that everyone's so focused on what the gift is mm-hmm. that they're not focused on the person they're giving it to. And so, right. Like, you know, they're so focused on the item. And mm-hmm. that's why everyone's like, oh, gift giving's materialistic. It's like, yeah, because you're focusing on the item and not mm-hmm. even on the person that you love. Right. And, like, if you're focused on the person you love, mm-hmm. then that's not going to be an issue because, like, it's so easy to go to a store and just be like, I feel this stupid pink tutu, mm-hmm. and you're the only person in the world that I know that's going to wear a stupid pink tutu with me. And, like, or it's, like, I have found this keychain, or I found this rock, or mm-hmm. I found this feather, or there was this wildflower outside our house. Like, whatever the thing may be, mm-hmm. it's a matter of just being, like, it's, it's not about the thing. Yeah. It's about the person that you're thinking of when you get the thing. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, like, and it even shows, like, I have a tendency to see how much people love and care about me based on the gifts they give me, which maybe that is a materialistic point of view, but it's also one of those things that I can recognize how much effort and energy someone put into yeah. something, whether it's a, uh, they just went to Target and grabbed the first girly thing mm-hmm. on the menu and just went ahead and walked out like it was pink and flowery and they just figured, mm-hmm. Madison's a girl, Madison is a girl, girls like pink, and it's like, okay, so you didn't really, you didn't think about me when buying yeah. it. You just thought, you know that you had to buy a gift for a girl. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, like, it then becomes interchangeable. I I don't want to be an interchangeable person. Mm-hmm. I am a human being with thoughts and feelings and emotions and desires and aspirations. Mm-hmm. And those things all accumulate to the things that I love and things yeah. that I want to love. And so for me, like, there are times where people will buy something and I'm like, or they'll give me something and I'm like, Okay, so you don't know me at all. Mm-hmm. You don't know the first thing about me. You, and it's not even, like, a bad thing. Like, they're not bad people for mm-hmm. it. But it's just, like, that for me, it's like, okay, this isn't this isn't you showing me you love me. This mm-hmm. is you doing something out of obligation because you feel like you have to give me a gift. And yeah. it's like, I don't ever want it to be a have to. Mm-hmm. But if it becomes a have to instead of a want to, that's when I'm out. Mm-hmm. That's when I'm like, okay, well, I don't have to be here mm-hmm. dealing with your negativity, and I don't want to be. Yeah. And so... That is the big thing. It's like, for me, gift-giving can literally just be, like, anything. Mm -hmm. Like, I, even when someone just sends me a text, and, like, after, like, not talking to me for a couple weeks, and Mm -hmm. just being like, hey, I just wanted to check in on you and just make sure that you are doing okay. Like, Mm -hmm. haven't talked to you in a few weeks. I knew you were sick a couple weeks ago. Are you still feeling, like, are you Mm -hmm. feeling better? Like, 
hey, I noticed you were in the hospital months ago. Like, are you okay now? Like, yeah. Like, just that, that checking in and being, like, mm-hmm. kind of a, a basically alleviating me of some of that pressure of, like, talking to people. But mm-hmm. even just, like, it's so, so simple. Like, yeah. Gift giving isn't as difficult as a lot of people try and make it out to be. Um, and there's a part in the book that I do want to read. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this book, there's a section where they talk about a couple who the wife is just livid with the husband. You know, she talks about how she was in labor all day, and then they gave birth to their daughter, and the husband went off and played softball with her boys, mm-hmm. or with his boys. And then, you know, a couple years later, at her mom's funeral, he stayed for the funeral and then didn't go back home with the family. He went to go play softball when she went back home with the family to hang out with everybody and kind of go through the grieving process. And she basically was like, he loves softball more than me. He proves that by in these big moments of my life, he wasn't there. And he was like, that's crazy. She's crazy for saying that because I was there. I, you know, I was there for the whole labor. I held her hand when she gave birth to the baby. Then she pooped out the baby and I left. And it's like... Yeah, but after she pooped out the baby, when she's not in this emotional distress anymore, she needs you there. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the big thing for me, too, especially is that, like, your presence is a present. Mm -hmm. That, for me, is such a big one. I use that a lot. And, like, a lot of times people are like, oh, they don't buy gifts because they think their presence is a present. I'm like, yeah. I would rather, like, I don't want to have to unwrap something. I'd rather spend time with you Mm -hmm. and, like, get to, like, hang out with you and be whatever. Like, if you bring me a gift, that's going to be cool, too. I don't (laughs) mind unwrapping things. Presents do make me a little uncomfortable, like, doing it in front of people, because I just don't want it to be something I don't want, Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to be like, oh, because I am a facial person. Yeah. Everything is in my face. There's never a moment when you can't read the emotions that I'm going Mm -hmm. through, which is why I hate when people say that I am unreadable, because I'm very readable. You are. You just don't want to deal with the emotions that are going on in my face. (laughs) That's the difference. I actually saw the gift-giving thing today, because one of Brett's friends came over, and he was just, like, hanging out for a couple of minutes. He got Brett a Cubs blanket, and while I hit the Cubs, it made him so happy. Like, literally just yep. to open the blanket up and, like, be like, look, babe, it's the Cubs. Yep. I was saying, like, even just, like, so, like, this past Christmas, my dad, like, it's probably one of the best gifts I think I may have ever gotten in my life. Mm-hmm. But my dad got me one of the original scripts for White Christmas, oh. which is my favorite movie. It's signed by all the actors. Like, oh it is... Gosh. It's very cute, and, like, I, I really, and not that I'm ever really going to, like, go through it and, like, read the whole script, but yeah. it's nice for me to have, and, like, White Christmas being one of my favorite movies, mm-hmm. and, like, my favorite musicals, and, like, for that, to, like, get the full, like, original mm-hmm. script from the movie, like, oh, when I opened that, I cried. You're literally was, about to tear I up now, I, I can was, see it. Was it was so, like, and that was such an incredible gift, and, like, especially with my dad, because my dad and I have a pretty strained relationship, mm-hmm. but, like, to know that even with him and I having a strained relationship... Mm-hmm. He knew that's, like, one of the best things. Yeah, and, like, for him to still be able to know, like, this, when I think of this, I think of Maddie, Mm -hmm. and that, to me, is so important, Mm because, like, I want to be equated with things, like, not equated with things, that sounds materialistic, but, like, when people think of an experience or think of something, I want my Mm -hmm. memory to also be a part of that, so, like, that's a big thing for me, and I think that's why gift giving is so important, because it becomes, like, not only is it so important for you to do something nice for me, but, like, it becomes, like, I become a part of your life because you're thinking about me outside of the moments we're spending together. And so, ugh. See, that point of view is just so sweet because, like, when you read it, you're thinking, oh, it's so, like, one-sided. Yeah. But it's not because it you clearly see that emotion. Exactly. And, like, a lot of times with all of these love languages, they are two sides to it because there's the mm-hmm. giving and the receiving. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, gift-giving is kind of, like, the base love language for all people. Mm-hmm. Like, for people to say they're bad gift givers is just not true. It just means that you 
can't see outside of yourself mm-hmm. to be able to think of other people, and that's yeah. kind of where it becomes an issue. <sighs> but, so back to the physical presence part. Um, <laughs> so when they are talking about it in the book, you know, he's basically saying, like, she's ridiculous, and he's saying, like, you know, he is a sincere husband. He mm-hmm. was there for the hard parts of it, but the reason why she was so upset was not because she wasn't, he wasn't there for the hard parts, mm-hmm. it because he wasn't there for the aftermath. Yeah. And a lot of times, like, especially, you know, women have been giving birth for years. They mm-hmm. squat in fields and poop out babies all the time. Mm-hmm. For someone to see that pain and then be there for you after mm-hmm. is so big. Like, I don't need someone to be there with me for the hard times. Mm-hmm. I, I know for a fact that I am a person who is capable of handling difficult times and difficult situations mm-hmm. by myself. I've done it multiple times. Yeah. I know how to get myself out of a hard situation. I don't need a helping hand. Mm-hmm. But I do need a comforting one mm-hmm. after I go through that. I don't I don't need someone to make a hard time harder for me. Mm-hmm. But I do need someone to make the hard time a little less hard for me. Right. And, you know, like, he, you know, to say, like, I just wanted to hang out with the boys. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know why that's an issue. And it's it's not an issue. Mm-hmm. But that's, you know, the way they frame it is, you know, well, I just wanted to do this thing. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's not a problem that you wanted to do the thing. The problem is that your wife went through something very arduous. And then you were like, okay, well, I was there for the hard part. So mm-hmm. now I'm going to dip. And it's like, well, the hard part's not the labor. Mm-hmm. The hard part is being a mom afterwards. Yeah. The hard part isn't the funeral. The hard part is dealing with the fact that she no longer has a mom anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, it's the, it's the dealing with the death. It's the dealing with the birth. Like, yeah. It's, it's dealing with the aftermath. That's what we need you for. Mm-hmm. Your presence in the moment doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, you were probably better off playing softball while she was in labor. <laughs> so that the time she pooped out the baby, he could be there for mm-hmm. her. Like, I don't even know if I ever have a baby. I don't know if anyone's going to be in the room with me. Really? Because there's a good chance I might punch someone in the face. <laughs> I mean, th- we were just watching Inventing Anna, which is a new show on Netflix about uh, yeah. Anna Sorokin. And there's a scene where the publicist, or the publisher, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, guys, I didn't realize that Anchor had a, uh, a well, max limit. <laughs> I didn't realize that 60 minutes was like the max that you could talk, so um, we just got cut off. Um, but we noticed that we got cut off, so I didn't keep talking for like 45 minutes. Yeah, we caught it. We know. caught it when it went red. <laughs> so we, uh, we recognize this is going to be a long episode, um, <laughs> so I hope you guys are driving or working out or whatever you're doing right now. Doing something. Um, but anyways, we're watching Inventing Anna, and there's a scene where she's, not Anna's giving birth, but the writer or whatever like oh, the other main character yeah because she's pregnant that's yeah. right so she's like giving birth and like there's a scene like way before the first or second episode where the where vivian's talking to anna mm-hmm. and anna's was like you're not special for being pregnant you're not special for having a baby like yeah well squat and feel like it's mm-hmm. no but until so, like when she's in labor then like she's like freaking out she's like i'm too tired i can't have the baby and the husband's like hey you're losing you're a loser. You don't lose. You want to be a loser? Then stop giving birth. But you're not a loser. You are a winner, and you're losing right now. And he's what? like, and you know why? And she's like, because people squat and feel. He goes, you're not special. And he's like, telling her this mid-labor. And I literally turned around, and I was like, I'm not going to lie to you. If you told me I wasn't special mid-labor, I would punch you in the face. Your nose would be broken. I don't care. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, I get it. It's supposed to be like a special moment of, like, coming back to the time or, you know, whatever. Yeah, but I'd but freak I like, the hell out. I was like, I'm sorry, but I've seen enough people go through labor oh. that, like, I know that's not okay. Mm-mm. And if my husband for a second called me a loser mm-hmm. or told me I was not special as I am pooping out his baby. Yeah. His balls are getting removed the next day <laughs> and his nose Snipped. is broken. I'm not even Snipped. kidding. Like... Oh. Yeah, you want to know what kid made me stop having kids? My mother-in-law. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> Which kid? It's my mother-in-law's kid, I promise you. 
But, um, anyways, back to the presence thing. There's a point where he basically says, um, your body becomes a symbol of your love. Remove that symbol and the sense of love evaporates. And so that's kind of one of those things that being present in the moment, mm -hmm. and, and not even just being present in the moment that you think she needs you, mm -hmm. it's being present in the moment that she actually needs you. Mm -hmm. And the best way to find that out is by communicating. Crazy. Always comes back to communication. Wow. Always comes back. Wow. But, um, you're never going to know what your partner wants until you talk to them. Mm-hmm. And you're never going to know what you want until you figure it out. Right. And, um, yeah. But back to, back to gift giving. Um, ask. If your person is, their, their love language is gift giving mm -hmm. and you're nervous that you're not going to find the right gift, that you're not going to do the right thing, mm -hmm. ask them. Straight up ask them. Say, hey, I recognize that you are a person who is happiest when mm -hmm. they receive gifts. What are the things, like, what is specifically something that I could do, whether it be on a daily basis, whether mm -hmm. it be weekly, monthly, yearly, whatever the thing is, like, what are you looking for mm -hmm. from me? And nine times out of ten, I have yet to meet a gift giver who hasn't been like, here's my list of a million things you could do for me. <laughs> like, they have a shopping list. They have an Amazon list. Yeah. They have some cart that is full of mm -hmm. items that they are too scared to buy themselves because they, one, would just rather someone do it for them and just receive it as a gift. Mm -hmm. Or two, they're just too scared to buy things because they just don't feel like they deserve those things because no one else is buying gifts for them too, so they don't feel like they deserve to buy gifts for themselves. Mm -hmm. I got over that. I realized no one else is going to buy me gifts, so I started buying shit for myself. And I was like, <laughs> oh, you're always buying stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but nobody else is. Yeah. Like, that's the thing is that, like, you know, it gets hard around Christmas and birthdays and whatever because mm -hmm. everyone's like, well, what do you want? And I'm like, you should know me well enough at this point. Right. I shouldn't have to make a list. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not eight years old anymore. I shouldn't have to make a whole Christmas list and mm -hmm. send it to every single person. Like, I'm 25. Mm -hmm. And also, I am like every other millennial mm -hmm. slash Gen Z in the world. I I am, you know, I am who I am. I, I own a house. Mm -hmm. House things are nice. Believe it or not, I would love for someone to pay for a grocery trip once. Mm -hmm. Once or twice a year. Like, that would be beautiful. Buy me cleaning supplies. Mm -hmm. Like, there are so many things. Like, I don't need a specific American Girl doll from mm -hmm. whatever with these clothes because I'm not a child anymore. Like, right. Actually, I probably would still actually really love to American Girl <laughs> But that's more of just my inner child having some issues uh -huh. and doing a lot of shadow work to fix her, which is why we have all the squishies. So, <laughs> yeah. we keep buying squishmallows. Because our inner child wants them, and we're going to give our inner child whatever she wants because she didn't get things when she was a child. So, and she is important. She's very important, and she's a fucking child. She she is a child. She, the whole thing is that she is uh, supposed to be a child. I know, but for someone who doesn't want to be a mom, dealing with children is very difficult. <laughs> but you're so good at it. I am not a good babysitter. <laughs> I want to give the kid NyQuil and make them go to sleep. <laughs> you can't do that. And you can't give your inner child NyQuil because you got to give the big child NyQuil too. <sighs> but I, there have been moments where I've noticed, like, especially like, doing the shadow work and doing, like, the whatever, which that's a whole other episode too, but, like, having to recognize, like, what my love languages are is a whole conversation which mm -hmm. is with knowing who I am as a person and, like, trying mm -hmm. to figure out all these things. And it's so hard to mm -hmm. figure out all these things. And then, once you have all those things, turn around to a person and go, okay, so here's all the things that I've learned about myself. Yeah. Good luck. And it's like, that is a lot. And so, like, and it's, it's so hard to do. And if you don't know how to fully communicate that, yeah. it gets even harder because then you're like, you feel like you're tripping up and it feels like 
no, 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 that's not, that's not what I meant to say. Like, mm-hmm. what I meant to say, and it becomes all these misconstrued thoughts. A lot of times, too, it's because you have a partner who's trying to misconstrue your thoughts on purpose, so you can stop having a conversation, because mm-hmm. sometimes people don't like to talk about things. And you and had said before the episode that, like, when you first took the quiz, it was completely different. It was. You know? And now that you're taking it again in a relationship that you're well aware and more, like, kind of rounded out, yeah. you know what you want now. And yeah. I think that a lot of times, like, if you're single and you're going to take the quiz, take the quiz, then when you get into a relationship, take it again. Yes. Reevaluate yourself. This and does not mean it's a one-time sure that, thing. Like, so, like, a lot of times, like, the quiz in the back of the book, I think is a little different than the quiz online. It is, yeah. Um, but the quiz in the back of the book, the question that it always asks for you is, it's more meaningful to me when? Mm-hmm. And then it gives you two options from there. That's how you kind of figure out which option, or out of all of them. Yeah. But that's kind of how, like, and for me, like, I had to keep re-asking myself that because I'd be like, well, yeah, it's a nice win someone, but mm-hmm. it, that doesn't mean that it's more meaningful. So, like, you have to constantly rephrase it as, this is what makes me feel the most loved mm-hmm. out of these two options. And yeah. sometimes it's harder to pick when you're kind of picking the better of the two. Mm-hmm. And that usually just means that those two are not your love languages, and that's okay. You yeah. kind of just move on from those but there are some that are a little harder there were some for me that I was like mm-hmm. oh, I love both of those I know right so was I there was especially like when it came to like the quality time and acts of service mm-hmm. because I feel like a lot of times those two specifically yeah are um kind of one and the same see mine was words and acts of service because I was like I love this but I also love this right. like yeah so like those two and like I think quality like there's just a lot of them that kind of just all mm-hmm. kind of manifest each other. Like, gift-giving and physical touch are two completely opposites mm-hmm. of whatever. But, like, yeah. you know, access service, words of affirmation, quality time, mm-hmm. those three things, all of them kind of really go together. But it's just a matter of how you define those mm-hmm. and how you frame those. But when you do take this quiz, and if you do, I, I highly recommend you do it. Yes. Learning these things are really, really great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The, uh, the questions are always, it is more meaningful to me when. Yeah. And understanding that is like one of the most crucial things because that's kind of how you reframe it but I agree that if you're doing it do it single mm-hmm. do it when you get into a relationship do it when you get out of that relationship yeah um, I recognize the first time I took the quiz I was answering questions as like being the partner my partner wanted me to be mm-hmm. and so I was answering a lot of those questions in a way that like I thought it would make him love me more yeah where in reality it wasn't about what he wanted from me it was about what I needed from him mm-hmm. and so reframing those questions really really helped me because I'm also a person it's very difficult for me to be like let me think about myself and spend time on myself <laughs> and you care need about to, me you need to have those I moments know. of self-care and it's per, per, it's perfectly am, fine to put yourself first I am I am the hardest person to be selfish like yeah. I just, it is so difficult for me to be a selfish person and so and even in those moments that I do take a little bit of a self-care day or mm-hmm. I do take moments of selfishness like it's obvious that there are people in my life who really benefit from me being selfless mm-hmm. um and who really really benefit from me being selfless and me being there always yeah and so when I do take a moment for myself and I'm not there those people get very upset with me and I've started to slowly remove those people from my life little mm-hmm. by little but it made me realize like how many people are reliant on me mm-hmm. basically being a doormat for them and that is just I know <sighs> too much for me too much I can't do it anymore <sighs> all right what's your last one? Oh gosh <laughs> that was that was my rant on gift giving hopefully you guys will have a different point of view on it now that i've kind of given a different point of view last of my top three or last at like my top five what were your top two my top two are the acts and words which one is you talk about acts of service right so now talk yeah. about words okay words all right see <laughs> rounding back out all right so for words i noticed a lot like 
I've noticed myself declining when it comes to like being proud of myself and accomplishments or like even the smallest things that I do and then I noticed that over the years like I just don't appreciate those moments and I'm like oh yeah it's no big deal like whatever and I've noticed that like I even did that as a kid so when I got into this relationship he started being like wow, I'm really proud of you for graduating, that's amazing, like, or, wow, I'm really, really proud you got your license in this, or I'm really proud that, like, you survived this surgery when you were two, like, who does that, how, I mean, I'm proud that you, like, I can't believe you survived this at four, I can't believe you survived this thing that happened at 16, like, it's just those things that when I was younger, I was like, oh, it's no big deal, like, I'm, I'm here, you know, big deal, like, whatever, yep. you know what I mean, and so, now that I'm older and I'm noticing him say, like, when I come to him and I'm like, hey, babe, I did this today, or hey, babe, I got this email from the school, and they said that I can, like, do the program and do this and do that, and, like, yeah, it's gonna take another couple of classes, but, like, I did this, he was so excited, and he was like, I'm so proud of you, like, I'm so amazed that you're doing this, and I'm so happy that you're doing this for yourself, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I am, I am doing this for myself, and it was just a huge revelation of like when I was reading the book of like you really don't understand your accomplishments when you're so focused on like oh I've already done it I've been through it I've been through like surgery and trauma and happy childhood moments it's not a big deal right because it was it was made a big deal when you were younger but you didn't really associate it with the amount of it. Or a lot of times, too, like, at least for me, I know, like, growing up, like, a lot of times when things were a big deal, like, how much of it was downplayed, just being like, oh, it's, yeah. it's really not the big of a deal, like, mm-hmm. it's totally fine, they're like, oh, well, tons of kids your age do yeah. this, or, like, it kind of, like, it becomes, like, or even, like, when something traumatic happened, and you would try to talk about that, like, oh, well, those kind of things just happen to everybody, everybody yeah. gets hit, everybody it ha- gets hit. It happens every day, like, yeah, like, that happens to everybody, and it's like, oh, okay, well, right. thank you, and so, like, a lot of times, like, I feel like, I think words are my third, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, I don't remember. I have to actually look at the books. Of course I didn't write it down. <laughs> I actually really... <laughs> why, why would I do that? Um, but I, uh, words of affirmation were those ones that it is hard for me, and a lot of times, too, like, when someone does something, they're proud of me, I typically burst into tears. Yeah. Um, or, like, if someone's like, hey, like, I recognize, like, how hard, like, it, it mm-hmm. does make me tear because, like, I didn't hear that a lot growing up. It's a raw emotion yeah. that, like, you're just, like, not used to it because, like, even with my family... Yeah, we took the big deals of it, and we were, we were, like, celebrated, but I never really felt truly celebrated well, I think about it. as women, a lot of times, too, like, a lot of our experiences and a lot of our um, achievements are downplayed mm-hmm. as kind of like a, yeah, like, it's great that you did it, but, like, you're just a woman, so, yeah. like, you know, where I feel like if, if you're a guy in that same situation, a lot of times you may get more praise for mm-hmm. speaking out about things or talking about things or doing different things because guys just don't do that Mm -hmm. and so like I feel like that a lot of times too is that it's you know guys I feel like words of affirmation Mm -hmm. and physical touch are their top two because they're so used to being petted on the head and they're doing a great job since day one Mm -hmm. you know growing up boys require Mm -hmm. a lot more praise you know so let's say like boys just require a lot more praise Mm -hmm. like girls also require that praise right you're just systematically teaching them that mm-hmm. they don't require that because you're teaching them to grow up faster mm-hmm. you're teaching them to be housemakers you're teaching them to be whatever and so like you're putting this on your girls so like 
your girls can be the exact same as your boys, but you're choosing to mm-hmm. raise them differently because boys deserve a lot more praise. Boys yeah. need that. Where girls thrive mm-hmm. better in environments where they're not praised, and that's crazy. It's so weird. That's not true. Right. Everyone does better when they think they're doing a good job, mm-hmm. but like. You know, with girls are always just like, oh, yeah, girls are successful. Girls are smarter than boys. Mm-hmm. Girls are whatever. And it's like, that doesn't make them less special yeah. for doing those things. Because all we hear is like, and oh, girls are so smart. more special yeah. for doing it. Like, it's like, it's such a crazy concept. And growing up with two boys, mm-hmm. I really had a handle on that. Like, watching mm-hmm. how differently the boys were raised compared to me. Like, I remember... You know, the boys got to go outside and play basketball, but mm-hmm. I had to fold the laundry. Mm-hmm. And the boys had to play video games, but I had to clean the dishes. Yeah. And so, like, it became this thing of, like, why are they getting praised mm-hmm. for whatever? Like, they're getting praised for existing, mm-hmm. and I have to do all this work. And so, like, being with someone now with their words of affirmation being their thing, it's, it's tougher for me. And I, mm-hmm. I still do those things because I recognize that that's what makes them feel good. But mm-hmm. it is hard for me to do those things. So I'm like... I don't even want to tell you mm-hmm. that I'm proud of you. I don't want to tell you that you're doing a good job because you're just doing the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. And, like, the fact that I have to praise you for doing the bare minimum yeah. kills me mm-hmm. because it's mostly being like, oh, good job. You put your socks in the hamper today. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I shouldn't even have to say that. Yeah. Your socks should already be in the hamper. There should be no reason why they're not in the hamper. Mm-hmm. They're either in the drawer or in the hamper. Those are the only two places socks should be. Right. But, like, for me to have to be like, oh, Thank you so, so much for picking up all of your mm-hmm. clothes and putting them in the hamper. That was really, really great. Like, that sucks. I hate having to do that. And a lot of times it does feel insincere, and I probably do sound insincere when I do it because I don't feel like I should mm-hmm. have to praise people for the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's just the partner that I'm with or the relationship that I'm in or whatever it is, but, like, a lot of times I do have those feelings where I'm like, why do you want praise right now when mm-hmm. you haven't done anything? Yeah. Or, like, those times he'll, like, tell me, like, you know, he'll say he did something after, like, six months of telling me he was going to do it, and mm-hmm. then, like, finally, six months later, like, I did that thing, and I'm like, great, mm-hmm. good job, and he's like, you're not proud of me, and it's like, I would have been six months ago when you told me, but, like, yeah. I've been waiting for you to do this forever, and mm-hmm. now it just feels like you're doing it out of spite because I got upset about it again, like, mm-hmm. when I ask you to do something, and then I'm waiting years for it to happen, mm-hmm. like, of course I'm going to be spiteful. Yeah. You're, like, you're not giving that love back, and mm-hmm. so, like, that's a whole whatever issue, but... Uh, I, uh, words of affirmation is definitely one for me that I really struggle mm-hmm. with, but I am trying to See, I try to give him praise. I re- I'm like, you did it. Like, thank, like, thank you. And like, I'm so proud of you for wanting to do this and like, get you got this new job. I'm so proud. And he's like, yeah, thanks. Like, he does not want words of praise at all. He's just like, words are meaningless to him. His whole thing is action. Yeah. Like, show me. And see, that's for me, too. Yeah. I've always been a, words are great. And, yeah, show it to you and also just tell me you're proud of me. Mm-hmm. But, like, show me. Yeah. It, and I think that's why gift-giving for me is why it's so much more important. Because for me, it's mm-hmm. not just about saying the thing. It's, it's doing the thing. Mm-hmm. You did it. You went out. You did that thing. And mm-hmm. that is a gift in and of itself. Because, mm-hmm. like you're doing something, you're showing, you're doing actionable things. I know that a lot of people just give out false promises mm-hmm. all the time. Like, it's just something that people do, like, oh, yeah, I'll definitely, I'll do that, I'll, I'll get that done, I'll right. work on that, I'll whatever. And then, like, you either have to be the nagging mom mm-hmm. and have to be like, hey, you said you would do this. Or it's do it weeks, yourself. Or do it yourself. Yeah. And then you look passive-aggressive when you do it yourself because, mm-hmm. oh, well, I said I was going to do that. But you did Right, it. but it's like, been weeks and I've asked you already to do it and I don't want to nag at you, so I just got it done because yeah. at least it, it just had to get done. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was hating labeled as passive-aggressive for doing those things, but I'm just, like, not that I'm being passive-aggressive. Mm-hmm. It's just that, like, 
things have to get done. Things have to keep moving. We can't just stop mm-hmm. because we don't feel good or because we don't like things. Like, life doesn't stop revolving whenever mm-hmm. you just feel like it. And so yeah. that's, uh, that's one for me that I feel like I have a hard time with. And a lot of times, like, it is... You know, it's just wanting to be praised, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with wanting to be praised at all. I, I definitely don't have an issue with it. It's just, it is hard for me to want to give that love to somebody mm-hmm. and to praise somebody, especially when it's like, they want to be praised for everything, mm-hmm. and I grew up not really recognizing that or understanding that, and mm-hmm. like, basically being told that like, I also had to like, I had to praise my brothers all the time mm-hmm. when they did stuff, and I was like, they'd be like, you know, hey, go tell your brother he did a good job, and it's mm-hmm. like, why? Yeah. They lost. Why am I going to tell you did a good job when their team lost? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what's the point of that? It's like, well, it'll help him feel better. Okay? Yeah, but, but when I lose, we spend four hours in the car in absolute silence and no one talks to me. Mm-hmm. So how does that work out? Like, how am I supposed to affirm mm-hmm. their feelings when yeah. that's not being reciprocated back mm-hmm. to me? And so, like, I never understood those because, like, and a lot of times, too, it did feel like bare minimum stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there'd be times where the boys would be celebrated for, like little things, little mm-hmm. stupid things, like getting an A on a paper, mm-hmm. which, like, we all did, or, like, making honorable for the 47th time in a row, which mm-hmm. we all did, but, like, I got a C on a paper once, and, like, I got screamed at. Mm. I got, like, pushed and screamed. Like, my brother had to come between me and my parents to, like, break up the fight because I got a C on a paper. Yeah. And it's, like, it sucks So like, my older brother skips class and he gets praised Mm -hmm. and uh, I stay late for practice and I get screamed at like how Mm -hmm. do those two things correlate with each other like that also just goes into how we raise boys and girls differently which is a whole other thing but there are definitely a lot of things where it's just like it's it's difficult for me I think parents should have a manual. You know how everybody says like oh there's no parents manual for when you have a kid? There should be one. I mean I I think raising kids is one of those things that probably no one you should have an opinion on because just everybody is different. Yeah. And what works for you is not going to work for somebody else. It just... It, it's kind of the same like relationships. Like, these books are great, but even still, like, mm-hmm. they don't meet every criteria. They mm-hmm. don't work for non-heteronormative couples. And, yeah. You know, like, for whatever. And so, like, parenting is tough, and I think parenting comes from Mm self-love and if you don't love yourself as a person you can't really love anyone else and so there's just so many issues in the world when it comes to like there's a lot of similarities when people have parental trauma and it's like why do we not associate parental trauma with actual traumatic feeling um probably just because they don't want to yeah um that's a big part of it no one wants to admit they're wrong no one wants to admit that they did something bad mm-hmm. or that they were traumatized. And a lot of times, too, they're like, well, I was traumatized. And I was like, great. That is not an excuse to then traumatize yeah. somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I, I hear that all the time, especially, like, people who are narcissistic and people who are whatever. Like, a lot of times it's always like, yeah, but they did the thing to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, great. But that doesn't – but when someone punches you in the face, it doesn't mean you have to turn around and punch whoever you want in the face. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Change the pattern. Right. That's I was the like, whole if point. If you aren't going to break the cycle, you're only going to continue it. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times, like, you know, like, our parents especially, like, kind of like, I feel like that last generation of parents mm-hmm. who were stubborn and were raised pretty traumatizingly. Like, I think my grandparents were pretty traumatizing to my parents. And, mm-hmm. like, and that's fine. That's how they were raised. But, mm-hmm. like, eventually at some point, like, you're with that kid for 18 years. Yeah. I refuse to believe in those 18 years that you don't learn a little something about yourself. Right. 
And, and if those in, in those 18 years, you're not changing your parenting style, changing your behavior, changing mm-hmm. whatever, that's on you. Mm-hmm. You're stagnant. You're stuck in the cycle and you're not doing better. Mm-hmm. And so when your kids grow up and they're traumatized and they don't want to talk to you and they don't want to do these things with you, you have to recognize that you're the one for 18 years mm-hmm. didn't change, didn't break patterns, didn't get better. Mm-hmm. You're still the same person you were when you had those kids. Yep. And now those kids are grown and they recognize those bad behaviors. Mm-hmm. And they either don't want them for themselves and they want to do the complete opposite of parenting what you did. They don't want to have kids at all because mm-hmm. they're so traumatized or they don't talk to you at all. There are so many kids like our age that I know that don't spend any time with their family. Like, mm-hmm. the amount of times I hear people be like, oh, yeah, I'm just not really close to my family, not really close to my siblings, not close to family. Like, it's mm-hmm. very common, especially for people our age. Yeah, like, and we grew up thinking family is everything. You always spend time with your family. Yeah. Go home with family your family. Family comes home first. Like, yeah. family always comes first. I've, I've always heard that family always comes first. So, mm-hmm. like, when there were events and there was a family event the same day, no matter how badly you wanted to go to that event, yeah. family always came first. Mm-hmm. And now a lot of us are like, well screw that mm-hmm. you guys are toxic and you guys make me feel bad when yeah. I'm around you like the amount of times like I've haven't seen my mom's side of the family in a very long time mm-hmm. um probably years oh yeah at this point I haven't seen my grandmother's side or my grandfather's side in years because it was a huge blowout but like yeah. I prioritize my friends and I think that's what's so hard for the older generation to really understand and to be like well why no my friends are prioritized first, and there is a reason. Is because they are there. They don't feed into toxicity. They don't think back to when I was 13 and I set a paper towel piece on fire because I wanted to see how fast it would burn. Like, they don't think yeah. about those, like, past things. And, too, like, we have the option to be in better connection with our friends. Mm-hmm. I can Snapchat you. At any point of the time during the day, like, I don't have yeah. to go to your house and talk to you. Like, right. Well, like, my aunt and uncles, they don't want to text me. Mm-hmm. They they want to see me at the family dinner. Mm-hmm. But at any point in time, anyone in my family could send me a text. Mm-hmm. They could call me. They could email me. Yep. Shoot me a DM on Instagram. Like, mm-hmm. I am very available. Yeah. I am I am not unavailable. I am open. My, my yeah. Instagram accounts are not private. Like, you can come talk to me. But a lot of times they don't want to do that. They want mm-hmm. the confrontation. They want to make you feel bad about not being there. Right. It's and like... So, like, it's like... I I don't want to be comp- like, I don't want to be confronted. Mm-hmm. I I am a confrontational person, but I don't like confrontation, mm-hmm. and I don't want to have to sit there and feel bad when I'm around my family. Like mm-hmm. my mom's side, especially, they weren't great to me when I was younger. And like once my parents split up, like I was pretty angry at my whole family, which mm-hmm. is why I kind of cut everybody off when they split up. There wasn't a single person on either side mm-hmm. that reached out to us kiddos and was yeah. like, "Hey, um." So this weird thing happened that literally no one expected. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Like no one ever like they were all like, oh well, sucks oh, to be you. Like literally. And it's like uh, no, like my family mm-hmm. fell apart, and not one person checked in on me. Mm-hmm. Not one person asked me if I was okay, and not mm-hmm. a person reached out. Like not not even to reach out to find out what happened. Like mm-hmm. nothing. I heard nothing from not a single member of my family, and that made me angry. And I was like, yeah. screw you guys. And that kind of became my thing, and I've, I've told my mom about it, too, and she's kind of upset with me for doing it, but, like... It makes sense, though, because, like, even with my family, because my mom was deemed the black sheep because she was so much like my grandfather, I'm associated with that. I'm a completely different person, but every single person on her side of the family thinks, oh, that's just her daughter, mm-hmm. and 
they don't talk to me. They have no idea who I am, my personality. They just, they saw me at family parties when I was younger and think, oh, here she is. Oh, look, she's grown up. Oh, wow, look how pretty you are and look how much you've grown up like your mother. And I'm like, okay, but what book am I reading? Right. What what TV show is my favorite in my life? Like, yeah. who am I married to? You know what I mean? What is my dog's name? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah, and, like, I, even, like, this last, like, my dad's family that came out for Christmas mm-hmm. or whatever, and I talked to him a little bit. I'm not too upset with them, really. They, mm-hmm. uh, they kind of have their own lives. I wasn't really close, but, like, my mom's side of the family, like, we always spent, like, everything with her sisters. Like, mm-hmm. I remember my aunts kind of being there for everything, and so, like, and I knew they didn't really like me very much, and I don't know if it was just because, like, because they didn't like my mom, mm-hmm. and so they just kind of associated me with being, like, a mini-her, kind of mm-hmm. like your situation, or really what the issue was, but, like, I just remember being, and I, I still do have a lot of anger, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm working, kind of easing a lot of that out, but, like, there are even times where, like, they'll message my mom, and they'll be like, oh, it just seems like Maddie just doesn't ever want to come around us anymore, yeah. and it's like, well, yeah, she doesn't, mm-hmm. you were kind of shit to her, Yeah. why would she want to, and, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, my mom's upset now because my grandparents are older, or, her, or like, her parents are older, like, they're split up, but, like, my grandma lives in Maryland, my grandpa lives in Illinois, mm-hmm. and I haven't seen my grandpa in three or four years. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, not that I don't want to see him or not that I don't care for him or not that I don't love him, but, like, he wasn't a part of my life for mm-hmm. the first 10, 12 years, and then we kind of, like, were forced yeah. to, like, hang out with him a lot for, like, five years, and then I went to school, mm-hmm. and then it was just kind of that, and, like, you know, it's like this weird thing. It's like, I do get the guilt trip of, mm-hmm. oh, he's not going to be around forever. Yeah, that you whole know, guilt trip. He turns 81. And it's like, great. Mm-hmm. He gets to do that. Mm-hmm. And he also made choices in his life. Like, you took us away from him. Mm-hmm. You said he is not a person who's going to be in our life anymore. And so we weren't a part. Like, you can't expect me to care mm-hmm. about somebody yeah. that I don't. And not that I don't care because at the end of the day, he's family, he's blood, whatever. But like, she was willing to cut him off. Mm-hmm. Why Why do I have to all of a sudden, because she forgave him, that I also have to forgive him? But why also is it that our families expect us to reach out to them and be like, hey, I want to get to know you. No, why don't you just call me? Right. Well, I don't know it's going to be awkward for the first couple of conversations, but at least try. Like, why is it put on us and this pressure to cater to the older generation and be like, here I am as a person. Yeah. I'm 26 years old. This and is also, what I like. like I, uh, there's nothing for us to really talk about. Mm-hmm. Like, like my job, like, I get asked, like, two or three questions, but then, like, we kind of, like, get into heavy talks about it, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, she's like, oh, let's stop talking about, like, cannabis. It's just too much to talk about. It's yeah. Like, it's not. And if we would just actually have this conversation, mm-hmm. it would be fine. But you're cutting me off every five minutes because you're too nervous that the feds are going to break down the door and arrest right. you. And it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I just know there's not much for me to really talk to them about. The amount of times, like, my grandpa started a conversation with me with, like, mm-hmm. you're a girl. <laughs> so, and then, like, it'll ask, like, a very weird pointed question. And I'm like, yeah, I am a girl. Yeah. But I'm not a girl that cares about those things. Or mm-hmm. I'm not a girl who has an interest in those things or opinions or whatever. Because, like, I don't care about the Peloton commercials. Mm-hmm. They have no interest in me. I don't watch commercials. Yeah. I don't even know what the commercial is. I don't know what me being a girl has anything to do with it, mm-hmm. but apparently that my opinion on those things matter very much as a girl, as a person with, you know, titties mm-hmm. and a vagina, that's it. <laughs> and I, you know, like, it's just one of those things to me, like, it's just so crazy that I'm like, I'm a person. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it should be, oh, because Madison has an interest in this thing, mm-hmm. I should have a conversation with her. But instead, they, like, I think they're so 
hyper-focused, mm-hmm. mostly on themselves, but, like, they just, they can't find a way to mm-hmm. be outside of themselves, and I think that's a harder thing for them to understand, because, like, I'm a person, I'm like, I'm an open book, mm-hmm. I'm an open table, I'm yep. an open invitation. I am never going to specifically mm-hmm. do something. Like, unless I specifically want one individual person there, I am never going to go out of my way for mm-hmm. another person, because, one, I don't feel like I should have to. Yeah. And, two, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I, I do reach out to the people that I do want to talk to, mm-hmm. and if someone wants to talk to me, they should also do those things. They yeah. should be the one to reach out, because they're the ones who want to talk. Mm-hmm. Like I feel that. like I, I don't want to have to be that person to walk up to you and be like, hi, aunt so-and-so, how are you, how's this, like, right. oh, you know, and try to feed off an interest that I have no idea about, and they're not feeding and off an interest to me. like, the last time I talked to you, I was like 10. Yeah. So, yeah, at 25, mm-hmm. I'm a completely different person. Yeah. You should probably reintroduce yourself to mm-hmm. me. Because who you are to a 10-year-old and who you are to a 25-year-old are two very different people. So different. And so for them to be like, oh, well, you were this kid. You should be able to do these things. It's like, no. No. You're the adult. Mm-hmm. I'm the one learning how to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. You as an adult should already know how to have these conversations, and you should be able to do these things. And mm-hmm. if you can't make the tradi- tra- transition from seeing, like, at 18, I'm no longer a 10-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. I'm an 18-year-old woman. I'm a 25-year-old woman, whatever it is. Like, if you can't get past that transitional phase, mm-hmm. that's on you. Like, I am a grown person. If you can't talk to me like a grown adult, yep. we have nothing to talk about. I don't want to talk about little kid shows right. and Barbies mm-hmm. and Pink and Hello Kitty and whatever else. Like, those are not things that spark my interest anymore. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the books I'm reading. I want to talk about the shows I'm watching, mm-hmm. the things I'm investing in, the NFTs that I own, yeah. like, you know, whatever it may be. Like, I want to talk about those things because mm-hmm. those are the things that right now mean something to me. And that, I think, is the hardest part is that they, you know, they're upset because they don't know who you are anymore, mm-hmm. but, like... You don't know who I am because you never made an effort to get to know me in the first place. Right. And a lot of times, like, a lot of that personality was there when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of the things that I'm interested in, I'm, I have an interest in now because I was interested in as a kid or I had a mm-hmm. peak or whatever it may have been. Like, so it's not that my personality changed all of a sudden when mm-hmm. I became 25. It's just that now I'm a grown-up mm-hmm. who can express my thoughts and feelings and emotions without my mom going, no, 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 she doesn't like that. No. Yeah. Nice hair color is pink. That's all it is. Like, no, it's not. My favorite color is not pink. My favorite color has never been pink. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not. In case anyone's wondering, um, whoever's out there listening, <laughs> shocked to find out. Not my favorite color. My favorite Disney princess was not Princess Aurora. Mm-hmm. Shocked to find that one out. Like, and a lot of times, too, like, I've even learned, like, realizing a lot of things that I thought I liked mm-hmm. were just things that I was told to like yeah. or told that I should like because of... Because I'm a wolf there, because mm-hmm. I'm a girl, because I'm this or that or whatever it may mm-hmm. be, where, like, I grew up and then I, like, went to do that thing again, and I'm like, God, I hate this. Yeah. Why Why did I think I liked it? That mm-hmm. I'm miserable doing this, and I realized it wasn't about me, it was about that person, mm-hmm. and it was what that person liked, and therefore, because they like it, mm-hmm. it inherently meant that everyone in their life also had to like it. Yeah. And I know a lot of people who are like that, who are like, okay, um, here's my hobby, and if all my friends don't like this hobby, mm-hmm. they're not my friend anymore. And it's like, that is insane. Right. Because maybe that friend has another hobby that you also like. And mm-hmm. then instead of doing this hobby together, you do that one together. And it's yeah. like, people are so hyper-focused and hyper-fixated on making sure that everything is perfect. Mm-hmm. That they're not living life. They're not enjoying life. They're not doing their interests. Like, mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't even know how we got on this topic. <laughs> anyway, to revolve, your family influences 
your love languages <laughs> when you grow up. Just yes, yes. <laughs> the way you grow up absolutely has an impact on the way that you use your love language and the love languages that you have. And you absolutely can change your love language. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of times where people are like, oh, you can't change who you are. I can't change your personality. Yes, you can. Yes. Absolutely, you can. A tiger can't change its stripe, but you can change your personality. How do you think girls go from back in the 2000s when they were so, like, emo and so emo girls and now they're pretty princesses? You can change your style, you can change your mindset, you can change the things that you want for yourself. You don't have to change your inner values or your or your beliefs, sorry. Sorry, here's how this one. But agreed, you you don't have to change like you know, and believe it or not too, you can change your morals and mm-hmm. your ethics and your beliefs. I know that I did. I grew up in a very small midwestern town. Mm-hmm. I I was a pretty racist and homophobic and horrible person. I, I I look back and I don't think that I bullied people, but there are people who have come up to me and told me that I was mean to them and I was horrible, and I probably was, and I was in a lot of pain and I was hurting and I was going through my own stuff, but, like, all of that was my own small-mindedness, my mm-hmm. own whatever from my family, my church, my community, and I think a reason why a lot of times when my family is so upset with me is because I'm not mm-hmm. in that mindset anymore. I have expanded and I have grown mm-hmm. and I have changed and that change was so shocking that I went from being a person who said the N-word with a song yeah. to being the person who's like, if you say that shit, I'll fucking cut your throat right now. Mm-hmm. And I, that's a huge change. It is, someone. yeah. Like, I don't, I don't want to sit here and spat off and be like, I'm the perfect white savior. I'm not <laughs> racist anymore. I'm not a horrible person anymore. Like, no, I found out I was homophobic because I'm fucking bisexual. Like, mm-hmm. that was one of those things. Like, I was so afraid of being queer mm-hmm. that I was like, I'm just going to be mean to people. Like... I bullied girls that I was, like, in love with. Mm-hmm. And, like, it makes sense now, like, why I was mean to them. It's because I had a fucking crush on them. And you were and when scared. Boys I mean, I'm mean to girls, it means they like them. Yeah. It doesn't work when girls are mean to girls. When girls are mean to girls, it means that you want to kill them, apparently. Yeah. <sighs> it was hard. just, like, it's a scare tactic, too, because, like, when you grow up in such a small place with the same people that have grown together and have gone through the same yeah. type of, like, lifestyle... You are so used to it that when you step out, you're like, oh, shit. I mean, yeah, there's a huge, shiny world out there. And if yeah. you really do take a minute to just step out of your hometown, like, mm-hmm. you It's culture really, shock. It really is. Yeah. I, when I got to school, like, I, there were even, like, small moments where, like, I did some, like, the old behaviors, and girls would be like, I'm gonna be straight with you, Madison. Do that again, you're not hanging out with us. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, like, I'm the bad guy. Like, yeah. I, and it took me a long time of being like, I'm the bad guy. Mm-hmm. I'm the problem. I'm going to fix those bad parts of myself Mm -hmm. and then be better. And I still have some things that I'm working on, but I do feel like who I was going into college Mm -hmm. and who I was getting out of college are two completely different human beings. It's growth because so many people are so focused on who you were when they first met you that they don't see that progression and they're stuck on it. So by the time you are grown into that new shiny person that makes yourself feel better because you're doing it for yourself, they're like, fuck you, you yeah. did this three freaking years ago. Yeah, and there's that too, and like, and obviously like, I can't change the hurt that I did in the past. Yeah. I can apologize for it, I can attempt to make amends for it, mm-hmm. but I am never ever going to be a person too that's going to be like, well, I'm not a shitty person now, mm-hmm. so that just excuses all of my shitty behavior in the past. It exactly. I, I, I'm kind of the person too, I'm like, I was shitty, I recognized that I was shitty, and mm-hmm. I put in the work to stop mm-hmm. doing that. And there are times where I'm still a shitty person, but it's mostly just to myself. Mm-hmm. If I'm beating someone up now, I'm just beating up myself. So it's good, <laughs> at least. Like, I'm not, 
not taking on other people. I'm just hurting myself. But, you know, it is. It's, it's so hard. And, like, so it is one of those things, like, your love language can change. If you recognize that the way that you're giving love, the way that you're receiving love isn't good enough for you, find out why. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is that you really are a gift-giving person mm-hmm. and you realize that you would rather someone just write you a love note than to, you know, hug you in the middle of the rain or yeah. whatever the thing may be. Like, you absolutely cannot eat. My love languages have changed multiple times mm-hmm. over the years and, like, I mean, my top two have pretty much always been the same. But, but the others might continue to change. You yeah. never know. Because even, like, in ten years, what if at some point in your life you become super huggy and super like oh well no I want to show that emotion you never know what you're gonna be within one year two years five years ten years and two there's a lot of things that change your situation and your situation changes who you are and like at the end of the day sure you are who you are Mm -hmm. I I guess but I really do firmly believe that people can change that Mm -hmm. people can get better and I think the people who want to be better Mm -hmm. do the actions that it takes to get there where the people who a lot of times I feel like the people who are like, oh, you are just who you are, believe mm-hmm. people when they say something, like, when people show you their true colors, believe, like, all these things, like, yeah, but, like, also it feels like you're not willing to put in any of the work to mm-hmm. be a better person. You're basically telling people, like, a lot of times when I feel like people are like, this is just who I am, mm-hmm. take it or leave it. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times those are the people who it's just like, oh, okay, so you have zero interest mm-hmm. in ever doing anything else. You have no interest in being a better person. Mm-hmm. You have no interest in expanding your mind, your career, your whatever it is. You yep. are content in your little bitty triangle, not going anywhere. Cool. Mm-hmm. I don't like those people. I don't associate with myself with those people. I just, I want to be around people who are constantly growing. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not that they're changing. Maybe it is just growth. But, like, I mean, kind of one of those things that change is inevitable. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone is going to change. Yeah. Whether you use that change for good or bad is kind of up to you and Mm -hmm. how you choose to handle a situation because you can you know it's what is it it's uh go through it or I don't know that what it is but basically like whenever there's a traumatic situation you can either like deal with it or Uh, ignore it yeah and like you kind of like you know wear it or whether it's Mm kind of like one of those things and so like you can either let that thing change you and make you a even worse person Mm -hmm. and be a person who is spiteful and angry and assumes that every person is out to get them and mm-hmm. hurt them and, you know, make them feel bad about themselves. Or they can go, okay, here's this traumatic experience. Here's how I'm going to utilize this to allow myself to be a better person because mm-hmm. of it. And how, like, yeah, like, sometimes it sucks when you are the victim. It mm-hmm. sucks when you are traumatized. But, like, your abuser mm-hmm. does not give a shit. <laughs> That's why they're abusing you. Mm-hmm. They are abusing you because they don't love you, because they don't care about you. They are going to continue to traumatize you Mm -hmm. because it's not love. You are just a toy Mm -hmm. that you are being played with, and that's all it is. And so when you're allowing that person to abuse and manipulate you, you're never going to move on from that. You're never going to get better. But if you choose to get better, maybe that person will recognize it too, Mm -hmm. and that abuser may stop, or they may not. I, I know someone who... They were a really shitty boyfriend. They abused their, like, a first girlfriend. They had, like, sexually assaulted her. He had hit her. He hit her with his car. He stole mm. money from her. Like, he was a horrible person. It is a horrible person. I don't really talk to him very much. Mm. But he was a horrible person. He was a terrible guy. And so, like, no one ever really wanted to hang out with him because we recognized that he was a bad person. Mm-hmm. And, like, 
sometimes he still come out because like he's still a human being. We still try to give people chances, but like mm-hmm. we hear about like the next thing he did to her, and eventually we kind of like we made them break up and like avoid each other for mm-hmm. a very long time. They went their separate ways. She's now married, happy doing whatever she's fucking doing, and he like really took that time for himself. And like, cause we after a while he's like, I just don't get why she left me. I don't get why she did it. I uh... did everything for her. I loved her. I did it. Like and he's getting so aggressive. We're like, dude. Do you see how heated mm-hmm. and angry you are right now in this moment? Mm-hmm. Like, that's why. Like, do you hear yourself? Do you see yourself? Do you recognize? Like, mm-hmm. you're scaring everyone in here. Someone's afraid that you're going to throw a beer bottle at their head. Like, mm-hmm. what are we doing, bro? And finally, kind of, like, stopped and was like, wait, is it really me? Have I been the problem this whole time? And we're like, dude, you <sighs> assaulted her. You put your hands on her. You hit her with your car. Like, oh, you did God. these awful things. Like, why on earth? Why on earth? Would you think that you weren't the problem? Oh, my God. I was like, of course she thinks that you don't love her. Of course she thinks you didn't do anything for her because the things you did to her were far worse than the things yeah. you did for her. And that's kind of the thing is that it's a two versus four. When you're doing something for someone, you're mm-hmm. doing it out of love, out of goodness, out of the feelings in your heart. Mm-hmm. When you're doing something to someone, there is no intention. There's no impact. It's just whatever happens, happens. Mm-hmm. And if they blow up, oh, well. And a lot of those are the same people who go, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. This is how I'm always going to be. Yeah. And if you don't like it, that's your problem. It's not my problem. It's mm-hmm. your problem. Because I don't have to hang out with you. Mm-hmm. And that's always the thing. That I had a person who did that, and I was like, they said that, like, this is who I am. This is who I've always been. You know, that's just who it is. And I go, great. Have a great life. Mm-hmm. And I walked away, and they're like, whoa, 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 why are you walking away? Why don't you want to be my friend? Why don't you want to hang out with me? And I go, because you have no intention of being better. Mm-hmm. Why on earth? Well, I want to be around you when you have no intention of being better. Mm-hmm. You're just like this. That's fine. You can continue to live just like this. Yep. I'm going to live like this and have fun mm-hmm. and do my own little thing and not be boring and miserable and make other people around me miserable because mm-hmm. that's all you're doing is you're so miserable in your life by doing nothing. Oh, I feel like we have this conversation <laughs> all over the place. But anyways, like I, you know, it's just when you're miserable, you're going to make other people miserable. When you're happy, you're going to make other people happy. Yep. And the only way to do that is by doing it to yourself first. You are always going to have to be a priority. Mm-hmm. And for someone who has a hard time prioritizing themselves, it is one of the most difficult things in the world. But it really does take time and practice mm-hmm. and energy and basically saying, kind of like forcing yourself to have, take a lunch break. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of times works don't do provided lunch breaks unless you're working like an hourly yeah. job. A lot of times you have to schedule that. And so, like, I know people who schedule, like, mm-hmm. two hours out of their day for lunch or for lunch and meditation or lunch mm-hmm. and reading, like, whatever it may be. But, like, they have forced that time for themselves. Mm-hmm. And for someone who has a harder schedule to do that for, like, it is very difficult for me to be like, okay, hey, this is my hour that mm-hmm. I'm going to spend completely by myself, no interruptions, mm-hmm. no distractions, no whatever. And even when I do that and set that time aside, there's usually always an interruption. Yeah. Or a distraction, or a, oh my god, I forgot that you were doing that, and it's like a, you didn't, you just were too busy thinking about yourself to think about somebody else, mm-hmm. and it's fine, but um, yeah, don't be selfish, <laughs> and um, don't think about yourself whenever you're thinking about loving people, um, because no one is going to love you the way that you want to be loved, unless you ask for it, mm-hmm. um, and trying to love somebody in your language is almost never going to work unless it's their language too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the big one that I learned. Yeah. Um, 
So like my partner, you know, he's physical touch and words of affirmation. So most of the time I just have to pet him on his head and tell him that he's pretty and that he's very good at his job and he's doing a great job being a man. <laughs> and those things, and you know, it kind of sounds goofy and silly and whatever. And I do say them in a more lovingly, like I'm obviously being lighthearted and funny, whatever, but like, you know, I know that those are the things that when I do that to him, when I have that moment where I'm holding him and I'm doing that, like, it makes him feel good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, if I were to, cause to start off, like, I was a person who, like, I was giving him flowers, I was giving him cards, I was writing him notes, mm-hmm. I was doing all those things because that's what I wanted him to do back for me. Yeah, I remember that and day with the flowers. I, like, yeah, I drove an hour to his apartment with flowers at hand and dropped them off at his apartment door and then drove back home. Like, I just didn't yeah. drop flowers off, but, like... Because I was hoping that I, I thought I was setting a standard, where in reality I was just loving him the way that I wanted to be loved, and I wasn't even telling him that's the standard that I wanted. I was just thinking that by setting that standard, it was going to do something, and yep. it doesn't. It doesn't work that way. <sighs> I cannot believe we're almost our second. <laughs> we're about to get our second time click, so I think maybe it's time to wrap it up. All right. What an episode. Seriously, so I'm... Bad. I'm kind of, I want to say I'm sorry, but I'm not, just because, like, I feel like we just talk so much, but this is such a big book to talk about. And yeah. I know we didn't really touch on physical touch, because I feel like that's pretty self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. And, um, you guys should just read the book yourselves. Yeah. Um, Gary Chapman, The Five Love Languages, The Secret to Love That Lasts. Mm-hmm. Take the quiz. Uh, DM us on Instagram. Let us know your love languages. I yes. want to know them. That is Chaotic Energy Pod on Instagram. Or you can email our question, email us questions mm-hmm. at chaoticpod1 at gmail.com. That is just the number one, not the phonetic spelling. <laughs> I am your co-host, Maddie. I am your co-host, Sierra. And this has been Chaotic Energy. Bye. Bye.